You're listening to Caddy Wampus. It's the funny. count. We must stop him. We must stop the <laughs> count. Oh, gotta... Yeah, why do, do you know why 70 million Americans are protesting Sesame Street's The Count? I've not been following oh, I them. I thought it was Dooku. Oh, they were they were processing Christopher <laughs> Lee. Did they know that Christopher Lee's been dead for a while? I don't think facts matter to most of them. That's fair. Um well they think he's they're probably processing because he's dead, but they think he voted. Mm. <laughs> Despite being dead uh, and not an American uh, citizen. Uh. The notable handicap of being dead. Funny how that works. <laughs> Politics. Um, so, Ernest, we've seen him Why go to we camp. Keep doing this. Uh, we've seen him go to camp. We've seen him go to jail. <laughs> he did some other stuff. He saved Christmas, and then he ruined Halloween. <laughs> Did he? I thought he saved Halloween. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I think he ruined it because he's the one who summoned the troll, right? He did a little both. So now we're going to see him ride again for the last time in cinemas. <laughs> ride again. This is the last time I'm ever watching an Earth movie. Oh, are you calling it? You're uh-huh. out? We can't do the last episode? This, Yeah, I, out. <laughs> I, thought- I don't understand how this somehow was worse than any of the previous. This movie is a piece Ruined of Ruined movies for me. I, I, yeah, I, I've i never been so uninterested in a movie. I enjoyed this a little more than the last one, I gotta say. I was I don't very know bored. How. I mean, it had it, there was some humor in it that I appreciated. I there were a couple of jokes that I did appreciate. Same. It seemed a little more adult than the other ones. Yeah, this is your thinking man's it, earnest. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I, we watch the same movie? Just to be clear, Ernest wrote again in this movie, right? And yeah, he wrote a canon again, for wrote the majority of the runtime. <laughs> I was really hoping that this was going to be like Ernest and a biker gang, but uh, nope. no, it? it was Ernest and uh, Elvis Professor on a fucking cannon. Ooh, for yeah, way his too transformation was, uh, to Elvis was interesting. <clears throat> it was like a third of the movie, right? Everyone gets dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, you get a personality, and you get a personality. Speaking so, of dissociative I, identity disorder, man, er, Ernest looks like he's cracking in this movie. I was so it, I was shocked the professor wasn't revealed to be a Tyler Durden esque alter ego of Ernest. <laughs> that would have been a far better ending. I guess let's talk a little bit about what the basic premise of this. So, so the basic premise of, of Ernest Rides Again is that Ernest is once again a janitor. <laughs> and he is now working at a local college. Um, and he um, is kind of friends with a professor there, Dr. Matt Mellon, who um, has some uh, 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 mm, avant-garde ideas about about aspects of the Revolutionary War that are understandably um, put his colleagues in disbelief. And he basically... Because they don't make any sense. So he basically (laughs) believes, and I'll be honest, I am kind of inferring here because if the movie explained this clearly, I didn't really catch it. He believes that there was a secret battalion in the Revolutionary War who had a cannon 
and 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 what they did with this cannon is they hid the crown jewels of England because apparently King George sent the crown jewels of England to the Americas to prove that they were still or to like remind them they were still under the monarchy. These were stolen and put in a cannon and then the cannon was lost to time and records of this all of this event from both the British and the Americans as were lost to time. The story is just as bad as the movie. So that is the premise. This this Dr. Mellon is on this quest. Ernest is 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 supporting his quest. Early on, the board of trustees, the board of directors of this of this whatever they are, the, the board of, of this college is like I assume it's DeVry University. Yes, Trump University are like are like, Dr. Mellon, you're fucking crazy. Just teach your classes out of the history book, please, dear God. And and uh one of the board members, Dr. Glencliff, is like, you know, actually, I think you, I kind of believe you. I, I think you are a smart guy. And you let me know if you need any assistance in finding this. Now, actually, Dr. Glencliff has his own ulterior motives for getting um, this because he believes the crown jewels are in this cane as well. And so what we end up with is a kind of uh, riff on the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we're all kind of hunting for this lost treasure. <laughs> and... Um, that's sort of the setup for the movie. Now, before we get into the movie's like finer details proper, did anyone else have the movie start with a um, logo called RLS that was like THX? Uh, I thought that was a joke. Yeah. Okay. Was it a joke or is, is that an actual competitor? It is. I believe it was a joke, but you know what? In a movie so devoid of good ones, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and then and then following that, did anyone get a weird ten minute Mr. Bill sketch? Yes. Yes. Yes, I, I did. It. So what? So did oh, I. I, I watched it. it. It was strange for him to be on the front of a children's film. Mr. Bill, for anyone who doesn't know, was a claymation Saturday Night Live sketch from the early seventies. There was a lot of references to Reagan Star Wars, but then a lot of weird references about the oil trade. Um, and then the joke about how the Senate just runs over the president. And since I'm a millennial, we're 9-11 hit early in my life. I don't know what that would be like. It was very strange. It started the film. And then um, we then went to a very strange credit sequence about Ernest writing again. Or existing throughout history. It did seem like, like that. Some un, like some undying trickster god, which I'm starting to assume that's what Ernest He's like really Hawkman, where I think he's dying, but he doesn't remember his lives. But he's destined to find... I assume Vern. So early on, Ernest looks like he's going to like run an assault on a construction site. Um, but it turns out he's trying to do his own archeology. span um, He destroys the construction site, finds an artifact. Um, although interestingly, he references himself as Indiana Jones and starts joking about how he's looking for a crystal skull. And this is 1993. So that's true. That is a little weird. Oh, that is odd that he made mention of Although that. he refer referred to it as Cleopatra's crystal skull, and I was like, that's an interesting wrinkle to that mythology. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, you know what? He, it was also like a boot remover or something, or some old piece of machinery that he found that he assumed was a skull. So it was that. I don't know. He He's not a very reliable I believe narrator. he also activated a sander and a... Uh, nail gun. Um, although, which led to an interesting joke, where the implication is that the inside of her of his uh, cap is actually a hard hat. 
Uh, I thought the implication was that his skull was just so thick, or again that he's an undying trickster. That it makes was more foreshadowing sense given, for yeah. I was gonna say, given the that, surgery that happens later, it was attempted live lobotomy. Yeah, I don't know what he was hoping to find. He gets the a relic to the doctor. He also right before that looks at the camera really quickly between accents, but then doesn't address us. It's kind of weird. This movie has that like handheld shot a lot, and I'm not sure if he's meant to see us or not. He accidentally used that artifact, which is which he believes to be a boomerang but appears to be some kind of crest. And he accidentally um, uh, uses it to deface an ancient tome that the professor has, which I've never seen someone use one artifact to deface another artifact and destroy two pieces of, of two different cultures at the same time. That was fascinating. And then the doctor uses some acid to uh, get away the dirt uh, uh, and, and rust to read that it's like the cavalry that he's looking for. Then am I right here that Ernest ate acid in the background? Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe he ate a sandwich wool. Yeah, made with steel wool and then downed it with, I assume it was some bay or some hydrochloric acid because he was using it to remove rust. Yeah. Realistically, but like, I don't yes, know. Yes, Brian, like continue your sentence. Realistically, yeah, look, what would it, happen? It looked, like, <laughs> it looked like he just had fucking peroxide in his mouth. I don't know. Realistically, what happened in the vote? <laughs> Ernest I died. I, I checked out realistically. Pretty quick. It's okay. Ernest knows that again, it's not by actual. Ernest, yeah. He, he make, by Ernest's own admission, he's basically a cartoon character. I didn't. I don't like the the very beginning. We kind of skipped right past this when he's being attacked by the saw and the nail yes. gun. I don't understand it. I don't know why this bothered me so bad. But the the saw was unplugged very clearly, and that unplugged cable was just like flopping around i'm like why not just either remove it or have a long cable well at one point it actually turns a corner and you can see the blades just not even spinning so, so yeah, brian it, do, how know. quickly did you run to the imdb goof section to update it <laughs> instantly no i don't i don't give a shit about this movie so not at all you taking over cinema sins just for this I don't want to do anything with this movie ever again. I, uh, so so we'll, we'll get to it later, but it sounds like this was Brian's least favorite Ernest film, which is fascinating. Okay, what happens next? So so he destroys some more property. Oh, wait, does Dr. Morgan go to see Dr. Glencliff? He's like, I have evidence. Is that what's next? So, yeah, he goes to try to take it, and that's when he manages to destroy a computer by touching a keyboard. Yes. Yep. Yes. He drops something, and then... In the computer explodes yes he's still electrocuted or is an electric god from i thought he dropped the jail. boomerang on the keyboard and the keyboard for some reason caused the whole computer to explode yep that's what that's I what happens okay. when you short out the numpad that's why they removed it from so many computers it was too dangerous yes yep. uh, and then um oh that's right because dr glencliffe has that weirdest shit office full of um a human remains and um artifacts which is one of those things where it's like you know dr glencliffe under the villain of the film understanding that history books may be incorrect does kind of make him not a villain until you see this office with literal mummies in it um and tombs in it and then Ernest desecrates one of them and then Dr. Mellon just wants the treasure so I don't really know who to root for and this is when I kind of hit on the good the bad and the ugly metaphor for this film <laughs> where I was like oh I guess I just don't need to like anyone and it's just the drama of the chase by the end of the movie, I'm pretty sure I was rooting for um, the world's shittiest Abbott and Costello. Right, the two door-to-door salesmen who I guess replace our supporting characters. And this time, it is a full-tilt recast of both of them. I really wish it was the other guys because I hated them. 
they kind of reminded me of like if Max Headroom and the agents from the Matrix had a child, but the way they had a child is if Max Headroom and the Matrix agents got into the pod from Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah, sounds about right. That's how I came down on it. Also, were we supposed to like the wife or not? Like Unclear. The wife? I was confused by that. At first, uh, I thought she was a villain. <clears throat> I mean, she kind of is, kind of, but then she's not. But then she's not. She just wants the money, but then she doesn't because she's got Elvis. I don't know. Yeah, I. That's what doesn't make any sense. Like, I assumed that at some point in this film he was gonna gain confidence and then just be like, "Fuck you, I'm marrying Ernest." Uh, instead, but... instead, he, instead, he gained confidence and and went fuck you. Period. Yeah, I now have the confidence to kiss my wife, which is strange. I think it's because this movie is doesn't have the budget or the or the cast or the runtime to handle this. But I think they're kind of trying to do something similar to it's a mad, mad, mad. It's a mad, 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 mad world. There's four mads. I can never say it right. Um, in which it was a huge ensemble cast all after a treasure with different subplots, different comedic beats, people betraying and allying with people, you know, across the different subplots. And they kind of shoot right. for that in this movie and don't quite I'm assuming, achieve that. I'm assuming that movie's far better. I don't know. I actually don't think it's a particularly good movie. It's like three and a half hours long and most of the jokes are, can you believe we got all these celebrities to do it? Yeah, all right. So better movie. I mm, I think I'd rather watch this movie twice than watch the three-hour runtime if it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, I was still really bothered by how long this movie was. Well, wasn't that mean, long given that it half, wasn't. given that ten it minutes? It felt like a fucking that, given that ten minutes of the runtime was a Mr. Bill sketch, and then the credits were shockingly where, long, and it ended where did with you a guys, YouTube. Where did you guys end up watching YouTube. this? YouTube. YouTube. So on YouTube, it was like. 480p and I couldn't stand it, it so I switched yeah. to uh, I switched to Crackle, okay. I think. Ew. And that's uh, even worse. No, Crackle had it in like 1080p or something, and it looked fine and it sounded fine. But then there was fucking commercials every 10 minutes, and the commercials were probably 15 minutes long. So it took me probably three hours I to mean, watch this fucking. That's not turd. that's not the movie's fault. The movie didn't. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound yeah. like you had the same experience as us, and it sounds like it's kind of your fault. 480p probably that's as good as a home cassette tape if not better yeah i watched the film it was I mean, 480p is what i watched, I, I watched it as it was intended in 480p <laughs> uh yeah exactly like god intended it's the filmmakers intended it like any movie that's free on youtube like if you go to the youtube page like it's under youtube movies the same section of youtube where you can buy and rent movies which who but does that free. no i get it on it, YouTube? Just, it looked like shit and i just i hate I couldn't stand watching it. I, After about that five was not the streaming service's fault. The movie just genuinely looked like shit. I know that oh, you no, watched it, looks... it at 1080, but like, were you expecting a, a restored from film type of deal? Yeah, how was the Blu-ray Master of Ernest Rides Again? It, <laughs> it looks. I assume better. it was Criterion. Yeah. Did the Kino Group restore it? Did the Giannis Films put in a 4K restoration did for they? Ernest Rides Again? I mean, I'm curious. I don't think they did. It looked way gorgeous. Uh, five out of I five. Just, would recommend. I I don't I don't see anything that says they've done that, man. It must have just been in your head. Like I don't I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah but Brian Crackle's been dead for fifty years. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I don't even know if this was mastered for DVD. 
It, yeah, it was mastered for VHS, and that's all I can find on it. But I'm glad the 1080p version really blew your socks off there. All great. you had to do was watch two hours of commercials. Yep. Totally not worth it. <laughs> so then we're introduced to the professor's wife, um, who becomes a pretty major character in the film. Uh, she bought a new car, to which the professor was like, I'm a university professor. We don't have that kind of money. And she's like, yeah, you're a distinguished university professor. So she doesn't know how that works, which is weird. Um, then we, what do we, what's the other? Oh, then we cut to London where we meet some MI6 agents who are like, oh no, the crown jewels are going to be found. We got to keep this shit under wraps. Get on the next plane. I don't remember what happens after that. Uh, don't they go, don't they go looking for the cannon? Yeah, they go looking for the yes. cannon or any signs of it. They find the cannonball, which is huge right, and how the assault, hell did Ernest lift that thing up they assault also, these construction workers um, again don't they yeah they they try to run away Ernest rolls the giant uh, cannonball like a bowling ball and it makes a nice little bowling ball hitting the pins sound when it hits the frame but right. those poor workers worked all day on putting back up after Which, Ernest knocked them all down yesterday and now the whole house just falls over again and I think the real takeaway here is you know if you're, if you're on a construction site and you're putting up the frame Maybe, I don't know, before you go to lunch, leave somebody there. Or How about fat. one person goes and gets lunch? Especially after the first time it happened. I mean, it's not like they were eating out. Literally, they all went They to brought it the back food, because I'm pretty sure Ernest stole back. one of the sandwiches later. Mm-hmm. Did he? Yes, because you cut to him in the woods eating a big hoagie. And I'm like, where'd he get that? Well, well you don't keep a hoagie person. in your back pocket? I wish. Be so oh, it must be so many times I'd the... be happier in life if I had. Ugh, I Maybe you. he made a spare uh, steel wool sandwich when he was uh, helping the That's professor. Um, also, he refers to the construction workers as the Makita Warriors, and I made me wonder how much Makita paid to be in this film, or conversely, and more likely, how much legal effort they put forth to stop being in the film. <laughs> Makita's a construction company, for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> right. Ernest, uh, let's see, he did a bunch of questionable accents. Then he, um, oh, he destroyed the car, the new car with the cannon, not by firing the cannon, but just by pushing the cannon, which is classic Ernest. Because any idiot can destroy the car by firing it. And then he immediately suggests selling the crown jewels, which our professor seems uh, pretty amiable to. I mean, what else are you going to do? Who could you even sell them to other than England? Yeah. Um, Black market? England's adversaries? You don't want a crown? No, I'm an American, Brian. I mean, Brian. I want to be the king of England. It seems to be a pretty easy job considering King George was dumb enough to fucking just send them over as a way to intimidate us. Also, did I miss this? Why are the crown jewels in a cannon? Like, why did we as a cavalry, a revolutionary cavalry, put them in a cannon? Like, did I miss an explanation? I don't think we did. I think this movie is just stupid. You just don't appreciate the brilliant strategic mind of George Washington. I mean, that's we, we got to hide oh God, these jewels I don't, somewhere. Yeah, I, I got nothing after. We got to hide them somewhere. We'll shove them in, you know, our largest cannon or something. Yeah, the one thing that's going to attract the most attention. Nobody will ever look at that. I mean, that. this cannon is indestructible. It's survived for several hundred years and still has working axles and a tow hitch even. I mean, you can tow this cannon around on a modern truck. Like, this is the best cannon ever. It's the best place you could possibly hide a gem. Not only are they working yeah, access, Corey, about that. but this seems to be the first real example of a perpetual motion machine. Mm-hmm. This thing does not stop. 
The lossless friction yeah, it axles. Doesn't matter if it's uphill, downhill, wherever it wants to go. It's pretty it, great. It just goes. What you don't understand is he was at the top of the United States, and they just kept rolling down to the bottom of the. United States. Oh no! They were going to Florida the whole the, time. Yeah, he's in the Appalachians, yeah. and he's pointed south towards Florida. <laughs> Ah. Let's see. There's that one part where he just kind of rolls down for a while. It stops, and he's like, "All right, cool, we're good." And then it rolls back. Yes, uphill. it was great. That was a joke that kind of got me. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I'll be honest. That kind of got me. Where he was like, "Oh, good, I'm stopped," and it just goes back the way. It came. Yeah, I was like, "Well, that's not how physics works at all." Uh, um. So before, so we're getting ahead of it a little bit. So basically. Uh, Glenn Cliff shows up and he's like, oh, good. You found the cannon. Take them hostage, which is a little weird because Glenn Cliff already basically told Melon he was going to help Melon find the cannon. So I don't know why he's got to give away the game right now. Why can't he just be like, oh, my God, Melon, you found the cannon. Great news. Let's take it back to my respectable museum. Why would Melon say no? Well, I mean, Ernest was stuck in the well, cannon. Well, I'll help your friend. But I don't know why his, the first thing his mind went to was, cool, he's stuck in the cannon. Cool, I'll just chop his body up and get it out that way. It did Because he's evil. That's it's also true. weird. Why would chopping him up get him out? Because if you can't chop past the point he was stuck, how would it get him out? Right? They had a really large immersion blender. <laughs> you just got to try some... Quick, uh, get the immersion blender of life. I don't know. I mean, I assume... Like, this whole movie, especially with Glenn Cliff, I... I was really waiting for Air Bud to come save the day. There's nothing in a rule that says a dog can't be the king of England. <laughs> I was waiting true. for anything to save the day. Where, like, where's the dog from the other movies? Oh, um, um, um Hole Punch? No, that's probably. not his name. <laughs> Why would that be his name? Um, Hole. <laughs> it's a great name for a dog. Hey, what's your dog's name? Hole Punch. That's not cool. This is my cat. Three ring binder. Oh, well, well, have you met my mouse, <laughs> Trapper Keeper? <laughs> I was like, it's not slingshot. What the fuck? Uh, is that's his name? so close, though. Um, pork chop? No. Rimshot. Rimshot. Rimshot's no, his name. Rimshot. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I don't think Rimshot's much of a dog name either. But I guess, yeah. I mean, it definitely rimshot, makes more sure. sense for a comedic dog than Hole Punch. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch fucking Wishbone and Hole Punch hang out. This did kind of feel like a really long Wishbone. It episode. did without Wishbone. I would rather watch Wishbone. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the wife teams up with the. Are the the door to door salesman who turn out to be like, oh, we have guns and ammo. <laughs> hey, we can sell guns and ammo. Wait, We're we also can... arms it is dealers. Small town America, but they can't hit a single thing. Yeah, Ernest uh, escapes from the cannon. They run him over for car. That doesn't work. He's chased by a goon. He hides behind some laundry and becomes our favorite character, the old woman with the neck brace. <laughs> Does that character officially have a name? To be honest, it is kind of the best character. I believe that character has a name, and I don't recall it, and um, uh, I don't really care. I'm just going to call her Ernest. She's probably Aunt Ernest or something. I don't know. (laughs) Auntie Ernest. The Confederate flag makes an appearance again, and again, it's displayed by a villain, the evil tow truck driver. Well, at least they knew their knew what they were doing when it came to yeah, that. Yeah, for real, two in a row or two for two of Confederate flag appearances being bad in the Ernest films. Um, huh. So Ernest Indiana Jones onto the tow truck uh, in a delightful action sequence that um, uh, cut, which has one of the jokes I did laugh at, which is when you cut to Doctor Glencliff behind them, and he goes, he sees Ernest on the tow truck. He goes, "How did he catch up to us?" Yeah. And then um, uh, a moment that didn't really make me laugh, but I kind of was charmed by which is they're on the back of the tow truck which now has no driver 
the professor and Ernest. They're going to, un- Ernest is going to unhitch the cannon. And Melon just goes, but the truck's out of control. And Ernest looks back and goes, welcome to my world. And I'm like, ah, Ernest seems like he's finally learned a few things from his past adventures. <laughs> and has finally come to play. <laughs> he doesn't seem so hapless this time around. I mean, he seems hapless, but it's almost like he's got his shit together. He's like, this isn't my first rodeo. Get on this cannon. Which then he, this is when the cannon now detaches, which begins a sequence that makes the Matrix Reloaded highway sequence seem brief in comparison. In which Ernest is going to ride this cannon through several set pieces. And I'm pretty sure that if you cut the Mr. Bill sketch and the credits, you will find that 50% of the actual runtime of this film is probably Ernest riding this cannon in the center. Sounds about right. That feels about right. We cut to a mime. No one likes him at this birthday party. But he's the one who can see the cannon, and the mime can't warn anybody because he can't talk. And I smiled to myself and went, that's kind of a good joke. Yeah, but they didn't really, there was no payoff to it. It would have worked yeah, if the mime had been run over. And you could have cut to him be, been, oh, you could have cut to him and like, oh, he's okay. But the mime needed to get run over. I'll take everyone's silence to be agreement. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's there to say? When you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call up John M. Cherry from the future. Until, or whatever is John R. Cherry? John R. Cherry, sorry, the third. John R. Cherry, the third. <laughs> fake name, fake and the name. Long the line, fake. Yeah, and a long line of the distinguished cherries. So the cannon goes on and on and on. What, he runs into some, like a fisherman and his wife who are in an RV? Yeah, they're like traveling the country or something in an RV. Yeah, they hit the RV dead on. Uh, the wife sprays him in the face of, I think, a fire extinguisher and then tells tells her husband to reel him in uh, because Ernest is the fish and so Ernest gets fish hooked in his face which is a little upsetting to watch yeah it's like that's actually one of my like uh, deepest fears of something like that occurring to me and I'm just like I don't want to watch this this is really upsetting Yeah, I was (laughs) cringing a lot uh, during that sequence Uh, at some point he breaks free which ouch um, Ernest now looks like the Joker. Moving on. No, just kidding. You got Chelsea smiled. Just kidding, because uh, when we next see Ernest, I don't even think he has the fish hook in his face, and it just. No, to be fair though, that I sequence to do the makeup for him. That sequence does have one of my favorite shots, which is while he's being fish hooked, he's going across a bridge, and they cut to this wide shot, and then the 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 camera just pans and reveals the um the villain Glencliff in the frame the back of his head and you can just track the back of his head slowly watching this go by and then emotionless Glencliff goes there he is and he gets in his car and drives after no I remember that I chuckled that kind of made me like I don't think that was supposed to be fun I'm not sure if that was supposed to be funny or not but it did kind of make me feel after just like oh there he is (laughs) totally unfazed by that image ah found him (laughs) so I did kind of enjoy that yeah the cannon thing goes on for a while. He blows through MI6's blockade. Uh, don't know That's why they true. decided to shoot at that RV. Um, bullets aren't... Yeah, I don't know what that was planning, what they were going to accomplish with that. But, uh, damn it, they tried. They are really testing our special relationship. I mean, if you got the guns, you got to use them. Ah. When in America, do as Americans how, do. I was about to say, how very American of the British. I know. I, I was like, what are they hoping to accomplish? Oh, it's because they're in America now. They got to, like, you know... Yeah, uh, MI six does get to carry guns. They are they are a counterintelligence, uh, anti terrorist organization. <laughs> so I'm not sure where this ends. I know that uh, they 
it ends in a I believe they crash into the farm finally um uh, yeah okay in which Ernest and Dr. and Professor Mellon share some real sexual chemistry <laughs> and corn yeah, and corn <laughs> which was very confusing yeah what did they boil that corn because if not that's that's yes, hard did. dude yeah and they boiled it in a bucket right in a like a coffee can yeah oh yum like like, like a hobo coffee can yeah situation. like all of a sudden they just had a hobo meal for no reason well i guess they can't leave the cannon which is fair i love me the taste of some tetanus corn but yeah they have a squabble professor storms off and it's because they f- no, no 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 it's because um they they well what happens is they move the cannon again meanwhile by the way the oh wife, with the tractor um, the wife abandons uh the salesman and hitches a ride and then kicks that driver out of the truck um, so then they hitch a tractor, yeah, to the cannon. They escape the farmer, who Ernest thinks is just exercising, and let them borrow this, despite them not having a conversation. I feel like that was just an excuse. He knew he was literally chasing him. He about disassociative. That's some real Ernest moments of like, of course he's letting us borrow it, Twitch. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's a cut right after that. Of course that he's rooting with the, for us. Why wouldn't he be? With the pitchfork farmer yes. running in his water boots where um i think it's the mi6 guys they say they found him they've got like a satellite image and it cuts to like him. a satellite and i actually had to rewind and like double check it cuts to a satellite in orbit um nothing wrong Which with that a, it's I'm over antarctica i'm also 90 percent sure it's stock footage and i've seen it in another movie so the tractor stops in front of a sign, a big gate with a sign that says stopped by, uh, that says Maggle, uh, Ab, a- apple maggot infestation. And Ernest says stopped by apple maggots again, which leads me to believe that he probably caused that apple maggot infestation in a different adventure we didn't get to see. Apple maggots are definitely a problem up in the mid. Up in wherever we are. You know what? With Ernest yeah. around, I believe he could cause it. Oh, I remember why they squabble. Because after they've come to the stop at that sign and the tractor's trashed and all that, uh, there's no jewels in the cannon. Because he fires it. He fires it at, at our at our villains. Um, and that reveals there's nothing in the cannon. Oh, except that giant cannonball, which after being fired yes. with... I mean, first of all, impressive that the cannon was able to fire without exploding. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, he did light it. Yeah, he, he lit it. There was gunpowder and apparently a, a round in the chamber and a giant, what I can only describe as a rusty bowling ball, rolls out of the cannon and hits the uh, bad guy's car, causing minimal damage. Which, given that Ernest literally lifted... It just causes it Ernest to literally lifted one of those out of the ground. And I mean, that, that ball was... I mean, that would have weighed at least half a ton. That was a lot of steel, right? I believe they say it's 500 pounds at one point. Okay, well, either way, it hit that car like it weighed 50 pounds. Which well, you know, that was an it, older it, it car and you know, made a real tap. steel. It wasn't, it wasn't some of these aluminum, non-plastic. That was an American nonsense. car. That was American-made. You know, that's oh, yeah, he's like, oh, right but we, can, we can't fire that nice car. And I'm like, that's not a nice car. Oh. Well, the 90s were, you know. Oh. It was a different time. <laughs> the movie showing its age to me. Um, no. But, you know, Ernest lifts one of those cannonballs out of the ground at that construction yes. site or they're in the movie so you it's 500 pounds what well, he, as, as, as all those years of being a janitor as steve again, said he's, he's a trickster god <laughs> he's an undying trickster god <laughs> he is he is but the coyote he is 
<laughs> but in but but in human form. And he, he he says it out loud. You know, he admits it. Like he's just one or two differences away from being a cartoon character. He says that. That's true. That 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 stuck like, it out. It would not surprise me at all to find out that Ernest is actually Loki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Melon sees the cannon fire. And he thinks he was wrong now. But then somehow that it was Ernest's fault, which, A, it's not. And B, check the many... And I this I wrote this note as the fight was happening. I was like, just check the many fuck, fucking boxes clearly in the shot that earnestly that Ernest is obviously about to hit open accidentally. And then I stopped myself writing because that's literally what happened and that's where the jewels fell out. Yep. Which brings us to it's our like, next wow, predicament. Wow, look at all these containers on the actual cannon itself maybe i should open one nope well they were too busy like riding the cannon to search <laughs> true. the cannon i guess so first of all he, he does that right and then uh sand i mean gunpowder because gunpowder looks like sand well i guess it would be sand or it would be salt it'd be something they're they're trying to store the jewels secretly in there i assume yeah uh but yeah, like sapphires and rubies don't corrode it. gold doesn't corrode None of that stuff corrodes. So, what was the point of that? I don't know. Why not just literally hide it in gunpowder? Because honestly, that would have been more. anyway. Makes sense. We're not gonna, we're not going to go there. But yeah, it, you don't want them to accidentally dunk the gunpowder with the jewels into the cannon. I guess. Uh, Ernest says the Ernest thing and puts the first thing he finds or second thing he finds. First, he finds the holy hand grenade or something that looks exactly like it. Uh, it's it's literally called the orb. Well, it looks like the holy hand grenade. Yeah, I that was the holy hand That's grenade the joke. Antioch. It's the scepter and the orb. Ah, the I gotcha. Well, he puts the crown on, which leads us to our, our third major predicament. He has now a crown stuck on his head. I did enjoy this montage, mostly because it was, so it's them trying to pry it off of a crowbar, lots of different shots, and then you cut to you cut to Glencliff again, but he's holding the orb and the scepter as if he is keen and goes, screw this, let's just take him to the clinic. <laughs> Uh, something happens with uh, the wife right around now. I don't remember what. Oh, maybe uh, she the runs professor into... turns into Elvis. Oh, he has his confidence. Professor now. shows up. Yeah, he has his. He turns into Elvis, makes out of his wife, steals her, or go, goes after Ernest. Um, the wife's now smitten with him. Yep. Because he's not some nerd anymore who works at a college. Yep. I mean, he is. I mean, nope. nope he's Elvis. he's probably back to I acting mean... like how he used to act when he I don't know met her or married her or something. I don't know. Well, now he's Indiana Jones. I don't believe that. I mean, I don't I don't have any other explanation, man. Like, their relationship is downright toxic. If you've watched the first 30 minutes of the sure. film and paid any attention. Like, is it... Well, I mean, at least all the food he, he, he made he, was toxic. He, Jesus, he, what He's the only one with the job. He has to work at this oh, college. He's flubber. not making a lot of money. She gets to buy herself a car, but yeah, he doesn't have that... a car. Like, what upside-down world is this? How does he get to work? Right? Was this a pseudo flubber prequel? Maybe, Maybe his wife drops him off. Uh, I'd I mean, wouldn't he know about the car? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Like unless she went and like I don't know, sold it. I guess he's walking it. to work. Ugh. Which I mean, then why is she going out and buying a car? If, like you know, her husband's literally walking to work at his job. I'm ugh, priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, things aren't very good, and all of a sudden things Sounds are just like fine. Something his bait ass would be I mean, doing. Clearly, there's a communication it, issue. He, in that oh yeah. Well, he gets his confidence back after they have a little <laughs> argument about whether or not um, it's Ernest's fault for there not being jewels. How Melon got his groove. Cut back. to Ernest, who is tied to a very uh, elaborate surgical table. 
I would describe it as an alien autopsy X-Files. Day. Yeah, it was like, yeah, there we go. I, I was like, I don't even know how to describe this because it's not like a standard table at all. So basically, they're going to try and saw, his, again, not solving the problem of getting the crown off by sawing behind the part where it's stuck. They're going to saw his skull in two to get the um, the crown off, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure staining the, the crown in cranial blood is going to devalue it somewhat. Um, I mean, they had already been smacking it with wrenches, so I can't assume, I can't fair. imagine it would hurt its value anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, uh, Ernest, uh, the, the, the saw breaks on Ernest's head because it's so hard. The joke is that he's so hard-headed, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I I got the joke when I saw it. I got they got they got one chuckle. It honestly took me a second because I couldn't. I didn't think it could actually be that. <laughs> uh, I, I I figured it was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, wait, what? Oh, because he's hard headed, and I just went with it. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not gonna look at this any further. Like clearly, <laughs> clearly he is actually a god. No damage can come to Ernest. Yeah. So then we cut to um, Melon arriving with, uh, and he's confronted by a security guard who is surprisingly highly decorated. Um, I assumed he brought those from home. Well, it's a joke because he's like, oh, you seem like you're very professional or whatever. And he punches them out or whatever. But like he has like, he has a jacket that rivals like General Idi Amin. Like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a dictator. <laughs> these like medals and he's like the security guard i'm like wait what is happening here ah general noriega i see you've got a job working security (laughs) pretty much um and so he makes his way up to the office cut to Ernest running into a corner and carrying before he's shot which is again a weird move so a fight for a man that clearly can't die yes a fight ensues the salesmen show up and vacuum the villain Ernest and glencliff um end up in the office together and they begin a fight in which they are just destroying human remains and artifacts on each other. It was one of the more disturbing images ever committed to film, which of course is accompanied with Benny Hill style music. I want to know where he got that elephant gun that was clearly from the fucking future. I don't know, because I believe Ernest or one of them steps into a skinned out elephant foot. So then MI6 moves in. They take the crown back because um, uh, as they form Ernest, Technically, you're the king now. Ah, monarchies. And Ernest is like, I don't want to be the king. And then I honestly was really hoping that was how the film would end. And it was like just with him being put to the throne. And Ernest six is like a King Ralph scenario. It would be interesting. It would be interesting than what we're what the next film actually is. Well, you see, the interesting thing is, and maybe Brian, you got a different thing. But the guys who watch it on YouTube know exactly what the next film is, because just like at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, where you get a trailer for the Avengers, this movie goes to credits and you immediately get Ernest looking at you and telling you about his next film. Ernest goes to school as a trailer. Let me tell you where I stopped watching. It was right about the point where Ernest looked at me dead in the eye and scratched on the chalkboard. I said, that is it. I am done. Thank you for the time. Goodbye. I made my fucking ears bleed. Like, like you. so you stopped watching when when he looked you in the eye and went, I see you, Corey. I see you. (laughs) And then... Honestly, I kept watching for no other reason. I was like, this might be my favorite part in the whole movie. Because this is literally Ernest looking at you and going, yeah, you're my bitch now. <laughs> I own I own you. 
I made you sit through all of this, and I'm going to tell you the next piece of shit you're going to sit through. And you know what? You're going to sit there, and you're going to like it. You are mine. And then chalkboard scratch. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I am a sub. Maybe I am Ernest's bitch. (laughs) Come get me, slack-jawed daddy. Come get me hard. (laughs) My favorite part of the movie was I watched it with subtitles. And the subtitles, I hope, were not provided by the studio. I think YouTube was trying to do their own subtitle track. I was watching the same thing. So did you also notice that Ernest in subtitles is not referred to as Ernest, but as Mr. Bill? (laughs) I don't think it was doing that on mine. It did it occasionally. Because what it did is if he was off camera and talking, it would give you the name of his character, colon, whatever he said, if he wasn't on camera which is a standard thing in subtitles to make it clear who's talking if they're off camera talking, like in a reverse shot. And it would say Mr. Bill because they assumed the title character was Mr. Bill because for the first 10 minutes, it's Mr. Bill. If Ernest spoke off camera, it said Mr. Bill, whatever he said, which made me believe that Ernest is somehow also Mr. Bill. That would make a lot of sense. That was those, my favorite part of the movie because those, it was a whole new meta layer of story that I became fascinated with. Those like pre, what do they call them? The, um, fuck, what's the term for it? The closed captions that they automatically do for YouTube. They're mostly terrible. Uh, yeah. I, I, my guess is that they're doing something they're different They're dictation. Here. Yeah. Well, no, I believe they're just trying to transcribe based on dictation. Yeah. yeah. What it's hearing. So, so they're I've seen guessing so many videos, that he's Mr. Bill. I've seen so many videos where it works really well, and I've seen a lot of videos where it's just not at all what they're saying. So we've finished the theatrical leg of our earnest tour. It sounds like, sure? it sounds like, um, uh, it sounds like that if I ask us to press forward, I, like many a captain, will be will be mutinied and thrown off the ship. <laughs> like, yeah, there is. There's I don't no know. More. I might. I don't know. I might be able to sit through goes to school. No. If for no other reason than I just imagine it's just a poor man's Billy Madison. My thought process was there were four left, and that we would each take one and and, and report back. But I think Brian just won't do it. <laughs> That I can't believe this one was in theaters. I, I mean, uh, to be fair, they weren't ever again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this movie. I can see why bombed. It defined yeah. bombed budget five point five million dollars total gross. Wait, how? Where did, yeah, where did they spend the Don't money? Don't ask like, me. Mostly I'm the not cannon. their accountant, but they only made one point five million dollars. That's not good. No, this movie was a fucking slog. All right, let's end this. Let's well, first of all, before we say goodbye. Since we're probably not going to do Ernest, <laughs> you, you think so? Think anybody? Say so what? I mean, we might. We might. I'd, Brian, I'd rather not. I don't know. Is, I guess maybe it's because during this quarantine, I've had this strange addiction. Thank you, David, to collecting fucking good movies. Oh yeah, that's, and, that's uh, true. Oh, David, you broke Brian. So is this all your fault? I've been watching, watching the Criterion Collection, so, and now so I'm I've like been watching Ernest. these fucking classic <laughs> films. Uh, no, and just I enjoying so. quality cinema. And now I'm watching this fucking guy rolling down this cannon. <laughs> God <laughs> damn true. it! You texted me recently. You was like, "Hey, I picked up Come and See from the Great English." Like, that's great. We have four more Ernest movies to watch. <laughs> Yeah. See, I kind of like this better now that you've become somewhat of a movie snob. 
forcing you to get down in the gutter with the rest of us. Just the idea of you watching Come and See, which I don't know if you've watched it yet, but it looked just Not the yet. idea of you watching that and then having to watch like the same night an earnest movie and just sitting there being like, this doesn't speak to the human condition at all. <laughs> so real quick, let's let's just in case, and we can revisit this later. Let's rank the earnest movies. Okay. Um well, we don't have to collectively agree, but Corey, you have the five earnest movies. What's your favorite earnest movie? Uh, probably Camp. Okay. It's it's the closest okay. thing to a normal movie, I'd say. It's it's a little cheesy, but nothing about it. It's the most like a real film. Right. And then I feel like honestly, it's a slope. Like second one might be a little better, maybe, but Saves Christmas. Yeah. I mean, but it's also a Christmas movie and I don't know. That's that's minus two points right off the bat for me. Uh, it's not a fair or logical scale. You, you wish Ernest. You wished Ernest hadn't saved Christmas. I wish we never had Christmas be a central theme. I'd if if it's Christmas, man. Just that's a thing that's going on in the background. You know. You'd you'd wish he saved Kwanzaa. I just hope... <laughs> which, by the way, uh, Ernest does go to Santa Africa. Shown up in July. Are we going to go to Africa with Ernest? I feel like that's. You can. I don't, well, like I, I said, don't I'll know, take this, we'll, we'll take this. We'll take we'll take this off air. But but I've already said we all should each do one of the videos, and I will do Ernest goes to Africa. I will fall on that sword. I mean, I'll do goes to school. I'll give a okay. Fuck. Right, what's that leave me with then? Slam dunk Ernest or Ernest in the Army? Ernest in the Army. Hey Brian, nope. you watch Slam Dunk. Nope. Which one do you want to watch? None of them. Anyway, uh, which is your least favorite? You got to pick one. Let's 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 hold this for a second. Corey, least favorite Ernest film. The one we just watched. No shit, Steve. Uh, honestly, I'm on the opposite side of the fence. I actually think that Ernest Saves Christmas may actually be the best one, despite the fact that it's a Christmas film, because at least there's some level of storytelling there. So I think that would probably be the uh, my favorite, and I think actually my least favorite is um, Scared Stupid. Mm. I just I just can't stand that film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Brian. Ernest Saves Christmas is pretty pretty up there for me, but I liked a lot of um, Ernest Goes to Prison. Goes to jail. Goes to jail. Um, he didn't thing. make it to big boy prison. Even though you are accurate in that he went to a prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's why I call it that. Cause, like, he's you are correct. He was these... in prison. The title is wrong. <laughs> I liked... I just I don't know I liked the, uh, the the take on prison and the the weird pink suits and the it's a very interesting prison made you think of Punisher War Zone yeah um, <laughs> least favorite was clearly Rides Again that was a huge waste of time this is all a waste of time it's just a matter oh, of degrees. yeah I appreciated how bad it was honestly I <laughs> I struggled to finish it so um oof. all right okay hey, what's it gonna be David. What's your ranking? Scared stupid. Scared stupid's the worst one for me. I can tell you that right now. I fucking hated it. I just couldn't. I think the way Brian yep. feels about this one, I feel about scared stupid. Just, Agreed. just, just crawled at least my way that, through it. At least that had somewhat, you know, decent effects and makeup. I guess. I really it liked, just, it just, I liked I'm the trolls. Sorry, it did. It, it felt. It felt too long. It felt. It felt like the longest for me. I could not stand the kid sidekicks. I just really, yeah. There was mm, didn't like it. You know. I thought I was going to say this one as my favorite one, but I, as, as people have talked about saves Christmas, I do think I enjoyed saves Christmas more than this one. I Wait, know you it's were going to say cute. rides again was your favorite. Yeah. I what think it was, the fuck? I know. 
I know. I think there was something about just the commitment to the canon of it. Like, like just like, we're just going to ride this canon for half of it. But honestly, I think it saves Christmas. It's a good movie. Because Ghost of Jail, of... Ghost of G- he's a problem with Ghost of Jail. Every time yeah. we're in the jail, I'm good. But when we go to his Pee Wee Herman house, or we hang out with the sidekicks who are the security, I do not care about that movie. Like, half yeah. of jail, I do not like. I like just superpowers. But the stuff that is in there to like is really good. Is like, well, good in the scale of earnest. And camp, I just, it's fine. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. Again, in the scale Perfectly of Perfectly cromulent. This may be the end of the Ernest Odyssey. Much like the Odyssey. When he gets home, is that really the end? I mean, yes. So in a way, this is not like the Odyssey. You'll find out based on what's next in the feed if we continue this. So congratulations, listener. You might actually know more about what we're doing before we do congratulations you've broken us are we going back to nick cage so we can watch jujitsu i have thought about doing a recap well we're gonna talk about this later okay we're talking about this in a second all right anyway <laughs> that was Ernest. he wrote again he wrote a canon for the last time maybe i've been david i've been Corey. i've been steve and i've been brian i'll be a little happier yeah i was about to say you sound so despondent Nope, not happy at all about this. As far as you know, Ernest is over. Be happy, sir. In that case, I've been Brian. <laughs> You've been listening to Caddy Wampus. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Caddy Wampus Pod. Email us at caddywampuspodcast at gmail.com. Music by Tilly.